If you're listening to this, the chances are good that you've been navigating your way through tremendous change and uncertainty over the last couple of years. From a growing need to care for employees and the company's relationship with them, to the digitization of business and the growing opportunities of Comtech, the role of the CCO has never been more important. Edelman has been seeing that transformation up close. While it's best known for its iconic trust barometer report, the company recently published new research on how and why the profession is changing. In some ways, those changes were underway before 2020, and the events since have accelerated them. But in its Future of Corporate Communication study, Edelman focuses in on the forces that are changing our work and the unique opportunities we have to become truly indispensable to the businesses we serve. In this episode, I'm speaking with Edelman's Dave Sampson and Jim O'Leary about this research and its implications for CCOs. I'm Elliot Mizrahi, and this is The New CCO. Uh, Jim, the research really captures what's happening in the world of communications today. I wonder if you could talk a little bit about what precipitated the desire to go out and, and do this research. I think the events of the past 18 to 24 months, whether you're talking about, of course, the COVID-19 pandemic or the um, challenges we've all seen around social and racial justice, as well as all the geopolitical tensions you know, combined with some of the things that we were seeing even prior to the, the more recent events, things like a looming climate, climate crisis, as well as, you know, what seems to be never-ending uh, technological disruption, you know, most companies in some form of transformation, all of these things combined have really changed uh, two things, uh, many things, but two things in particular. One, They've increased the amount of pressure that the C-suite, particularly the CEO, continues to face on a day-in and day-out basis. And that change has led to what Dave and I have seen as a dramatic shift in terms of the material importance communications plays at the CEO level, at the C-suite level. And we really wanted to explore all of this, and that's why we conducted the research. We are, I think many would agree, in this kind of pivotal moment for business. There's so much that's changing so quickly. Uh, why do you think this is a uniquely special opportunity or especially opportune time for communicators in particular? For too long, I think our profession um, has been viewed simply as a staff function. Um, it's been viewed as a cost center. Uh, every year, uh, communications leaders have to go in and defend uh, their budgets uh, and defend what they do and, and try to demonstrate how they add value. But I think now, um, you know, we really have this unique opportunity to, to elevate what we do to be being viewed as a value center, or I think, as we said in the research, as a value creator. Um, you know, we're, we're more than just storytellers. We're actually um, business enablers. And so if we can move the function you know, to really being a business enabling function, then we become indispensable partners to the business. And if we become indispensable partners to the business, then we're going to be viewed as true value creators. And people are willing to pay for value. They're willing to pay a premium for value. And so that's really, I think, where we should aim to, to position the function going forward. So, Jim, it, it, it it's, it sounds like you set out here to understand just this, this rapid change that's happening. What did you find in the research? Really interesting results. Um, the headline, of course, is, as Dave and I have both already mentioned, is that the role of communications is 
is uh, potentially more important than it's ever been. And um, as evidence for that, um, we have a number of points. One quite simple one is just to look at the number of heads of communications who report directly to the CEO as compared to in the past. And there's been a quite substantial shift in this regard over the past five years. It's gone from you know roughly one third of heads of communications to about one half of um, CCOs reporting to CEOs directly. Um, beyond that, there's a number of key trends we're seeing in the space that were revealed by the research, um, reinforcing what many of us have been experiencing over the past you know, 12, 24 months. The first of those trends is the, the sustained rise of a focus on workplace, workforce, and employee engagement more broadly. Um, our data suggests that that increased focus on employee engagement is only going to remain heading into the future. Uh, the second thing that we learned that was um, both interesting and for many of us not surprising is that, you know, ESG and the role that business plays in society, it has over the past 12 months increased significantly in importance and in terms of time investment from communications professionals. And they expect this, uh, we expect this to continue, um, though, depending on the events of the day, potentially not quite as um, dramatically as, as it has over the past 12 to 18 months, but it will certainly continue. Um, beyond that, you know, given the increased activism that we're seeing, not just from investors, but even from employees, um, we do expect, um, and the people that we spoke to as part of our research expect, you know, the importance of, of the corporate brand and the rise of a focus on the corporate brand to remain and sustain heading into the future. Um, and then there's a number of, of other trends that are specific to the uh, implications of all of this on communications teams and organizations. And I think the headline for this part of the research is that, you know, the modern communications function is expected to be much more agile, much more multidisciplinary, and much more insights driven than um, it has been in the past. But, you know, overall, I think, as Dave said earlier, you know, the, the time has really come um, and the ability for communications to make a material impact on the business is now. You know, Jim, it's, it's interesting. Uh, Page did research in 2018 and 2019 that we published in the CCO's Paysetter, and we set out to understand how the ubiquity of transformation was creating new opportunities for CCOs and the four dimensions of CCO leadership that we found were really critical were brand, culture, societal value creation, and com tech. And it sounds like what you've discovered in your research is just the dramatic acceleration of the need to focus on those things. I wonder if we can talk specifically about employees, because as we examined culture, it really was about how we create uh, new ways of working. And the pandemic has only exacerbated the need to do that, and especially to digitize the business. Can you talk a little bit about What's changing in terms of the ways that organizations need to be looking after and engaging their employees? If you if you think about um, employees today, if you think about it in the context of what every company is going through today, you know, this war for talent, um, ultimately, it all comes back to uh, to the culture of the organization, to the uh, to why the organization um, exists today and why people would want to be a part of that organization. And I think the, the thing, if you look, you know, kind of pre-pandemic, you know, we were really kind of operating in an outside-in world. Uh, today, we're in an inside-out world 
largely. Um, we've gone from this um, environment that was about top-down evolution where everything moved with a nice cadence um, and everything to bottom-up uh, revolution. Um, you know, <clears throat> companies love to have kind of a steady, predictable pace inside the company, but today, you know, it's much more fluid. It's much more dynamic. In some cases, it's more chaotic. And so agility um, becomes increasingly important. And then we all know, you know, the other things that have changed in terms of, you know, ideas of stakeholder capitalism and employees' beliefs. You know, we, we just finished a um, trust barometer uh, about a month ago that was, we call it the belief-driven employee. And one of the key findings in that trust barometer was the fact that over 70%, I think it was uh, uh, three quarters, it was like 76% of employees. And this was a, a survey done of 7,000 in seven different countries. And they said 76% of those people said that they'd be willing to take action to push their company to act on societal issues. Um, and so that's an incredible number of people that are willing to push their companies to take action. And of that 76%, um, something like six in 10 or nearly six in 10 said that they would, they would try to work through the normal internal channels, like through their supervisors and their managers and HR to try to, to drive change. But 40% of that 76% actually said that they would resort to bringing external pressure to bear on behalf of their companies, whether that meant being a whistleblower, um, whether that meant trying to organize um, a social campaign to get their companies uh, to change. And we're seeing this play out in real time right now. You know, people, you know, if you look at what's happening at the, uh, the big gaming company, Activision Blizzard, you know, they, you know, because of uh, issues around sexual harassment, because of issues around culture, there is now, you know, a, a growing call for the CEO who's led that company for more than three decades to step aside. And that pressure is coming not only from within, you know, from the employee ranks, it's coming now also from shareholders. So uh, this movement in terms of employees being able to affect and drive change is, is real and it's growing. If you look at the data, we have found, and this is not a surprise, uh, but it's worth reinforcing. We found that two thirds of CCOs report that, you know, employee engagement is an increased and will remain an increased focus heading into the future as a result of much of what Dave was just discussing. Um, I also think what's quite interesting in this space is if you look right now at the data from a combination of uh, McKinsey and, and BCG, the data suggests that nine out of 10 companies right now are in some form of, of transformation. And that of those, 76% of the transformations are failing. And the reason that they're failing is because oftentimes the leaders of those companies, they're so focused on the vision for the transformation and all of the restructuring and the process and project management, et cetera, that they often forget one of the most important things, which is people. They get people to buy into the transformation. And of course, this is one of the areas where communications is increasingly playing a much more significant role, which is, you know, helping the workforce um, buy into and enabling the transformation. Um, and I do see uh, more often than not, and our data reflects this as well, um, believe that about eight out of 10 of the uh, CCOs that we spoke to or had um, or interviewed as part of our research talked about um, transformation being a, a key part of you know, the communications priorities. 
Um, so that's another one. And then lastly, and this is tying back, Elliot, to um, what you said earlier in the discussion, you know, the role of ComsTech internally in terms of um, helping enable culture shift is increasingly important and is increasingly um, uh, evident. And so I believe about seven out of 10 heads of communications um, report ComsTech as one of their top areas of investment for next year. And within that, um, one of the areas that we most often see uh, heads of communications prioritizing for ComSec investment is on the internal side. Um, and of course, you know, in the same way that, um, you know, marketers with MarTech for the past almost, you know, decade now have really um, used digital tools, tech and data to both um, target and then have insight around and listen to their customers. We're now seeing um, employee engagement teams doing similar type of work uh, with the workforce. It used to be that employee communications, employee engagement was very episodic. Um, and now today, because of the tools and capabilities that we have, we can actually have a continuous listening and continuous engagement with employees. Um, you know, we can actually move from, you know, this uh, world where we used to talk to our employees um, and we used to inform our employees to a world where it's actually a productive conversation now. And it's about not just informing employees, but it's about inspiring those employees. And, you know, and we've moved beyond kind of broadcasting content into the, into the organization um, to actually really helping enable comprehension. And so we've gone from, you know, the old world was just kind of cascading uh, information down through the organization to much more uh, continuous horizontal communications uh, across the enterprise. And so that, there's a fundamental shift taking place, a lot of it being driven by uh, new technology capabilities, but also um, a change in how leaderships view the importance of engagement to really enable um, high performance, um, to drive greater loyalty, um, to get people to be ambassadors for the company they work for, to recommend it as a great place to work, which are all becoming increasingly important in the context of the times in which we find ourselves. Yeah, Dave, I'm glad you made that point because uh, you mentioned earlier in this conversation, this shift from of comms from cost center to value creator. And it seems like there's more business value created by the function. And to your point about employee engagement, you know, you, you could say, and I wonder if you have seen this in your research, you know, employees just have a changing perception about, you know, their relationship with their employer and their expectations about what that experience ought to be. And so CCOs are just in an ideal position to think beyond the episodic, give them the information they need and more towards how do we treat them you know, kind of in a multi-stakeholder view, how do we treat them as the really essential stakeholders that are critical to the business? Yeah. And I, I would say, look, they want to be part of the solutions that companies are, are driving. They don't want to just be told what to do. They want to actually have an active role in figuring out what to do. And I think the, uh, we've talked forever that, you know, employees are our number one asset. They're our greatest asset. Well, but we never really treated them that way. We really never involved them to that extent. And I think um, that is really a fundamental change that we're now seeing. And if employees don't feel like they're part of solving the solutions, they're going to try to take things, you know, increasingly into their own hands. Um, as we're seeing inside a number of companies, they're willing to walk off 
the job today. We're seeing um, efforts to, you know, of <clears throat> unionization and cross companies on um, the ascent. Uh, you know, people are leaving to go uh, work for companies that are more aligned with their values. They're, you know, they're voting, as somebody said, with their feet. And, uh, and I think companies are starting to wake up to that fact. Mm-hmm. We've also seen expectations from some of the external stakeholders shift around around social issues and in particular, you know, around ESG as well and what companies should do or not do and say or not say in relation to um, social issues in particular. Um, but in our research, I think we found, you know, roughly three quarters of the CCOs we we um, we interviewed report that, you know, managing their company's role in, in social issues or navigating social issues is now one of the top priorities um, for the communications team. And that certainly was not the, the case in the past for many organizations. Yeah, yeah completely agree. We've moved from really kind of this era of commitments and proclamations. If you, if you step back a year ago, every, and you talk to Companies, they were all saying, the, the big thing was, well, what are we going to say on this issue? Um, how do we, you know, step out and uh, and talk about what what it means to us as a company? And, you know, it's now really about not what are we going to say on these issues, it's what are we going to do about these issues? So we've moved from this uh, world of an era of commitments and proclamations to really an era of accountability and consequences. Um we see this, for instance, on issues like climate and, and DE&I. I mean, the, you know, the Security Exchange Commission today now has um, an ESG task force, and they are tracking what companies are doing in terms of their commitments, but they want to see, they want to see milestones. They want to see, you know, a roadmap to the outcomes that people are saying they're hoping to achieve. They want to see real investment. Um, they want to see greater transparency. And so I, somebody, one of my colleagues called it ESG with teeth. And I think we're really seeing that uh, increasingly. Um, and then I think, you know, we are in, the, in an era of the belief-driven employee, um, but we're also in a world of belief-driven customers and belief-driven investors. And they're the ones that are actually demanding uh, action on the part of companies. So it's it's coming at companies from all sides and they just have to understand that ESG is just becoming table stakes, you know, and it's changing, you know, business strategy, it's changing business investments and business models. And so that's, you know, to me, that's going to be the world going forward. So I want to shift gears a little bit. We've been talking a lot about what's been shifting around business and the business environment. Um, But you also brought up Comstech. I wonder, can you just tell me what is Comstech, the way that you define it? And what are you finding in terms of the way that it's showing up in the work that communicators are doing today? Simply put, I think Comstech is a combination of the digital tools, technology, and data, um, all working in service of communications in a way that was, in many instances, previously impossible. I feel like the application of Comstech in the employee engagement space uh, is um is increasingly prominent, certainly continuing to see the use of ComSec um, around uh, issues management, crisis management, and even um, predictive analytics in service of those two. 
And then the third area is um, more on the uh, demand generation or lead generation side. Traditionally, this, of course, was oftentimes in the realm of marketing. But increasingly, um, I'm seeing communications teams um, that are partnering with marketing or, or working in organizations where there's less of a priority on, on marketing to um, help their organizations uh, generate um, actually demand or, or leads with, with uh, customers. Are you finding in the research that, that that's kind of a nascent capability or what does it look like in teamwork today? Yes. So um, it is a high area of investment, but it is a very nascent um, capability. And so I think when you kind of, when you look at the different um, applications of ComSec, you know, there's a number of tools out there that, um, that people have to choose from, but many times the, the tools that are available are um, complex and, you know, sorting through which ones are the most effective and which ones are, are less so is quite complicated. I'll tell you on the demand gen side or demand generation side where we're increasingly seeing this, it's um, primarily in um, audience insights, right? Having much more data at our disposal than we have in the past related to our audience and then using that data to, to um, model those audiences and target them. Um, very specifically, oftentimes at the individual level and then um, target them, of course, with with content. And then um, once well, once they've been targeted with that content, trying to work them into some type of funnel, marketing funnel, and in many instances, um, you know, capture some data or even um, convert the um, those those into actual leads. And then on the back end, uh, measuring the, um, the the ROI of that via some type of revenue attribution modeling, um, connecting you know the, the leads back to revenue. Um, that's highly quantifiable. Uh, one of the things that um, ComsTech is enabling that um, previously was much more complicated is, is to um, quantifiably measure the impact of communications activities um, on the business and the impact, uh, the business impact. And this is an area where we're um, increasingly seeing the use of predictive analytics, um, oftentimes um, uh, modeling to connect communications with either uh, reputation or um, trust, and then going a step further and connecting that to impacts on the business like um, market capitalization or market share. So I heard you mention predictive analytics. Um, that sounds almost futuristic. What, 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 what's a kind of example where we're either at or approaching the capability to be more predictive with data? Yeah, you know, quite simply, what we're talking about is, is you know, monitoring issues and um, using uh, a, a significant amount of data to determine if those issues are going to either turn into crises or at, at a minimum, you know, become a, a lot more hot than they are. Um, and then, you know, proactively intervening on those uh, to prevent them from becoming worse than they already are. If I look at um, comms tech and I look at the most valuable um thing that we have today because of it. It's the ability really, you know, to improve decision making inside companies, because now we can see, um, you know, all this data can be aggregated uh, in ways that it could never be aggregated in the past. We might have a deep understanding of one data set, and then that gives us a certain uh, view of things. And then we look at another data set that, you know, and have a deep understanding of it, and it gives us another um, insights to certain things. But today we can bring 
all that data together. And, and because we can bring it together, we, we can actually predict, you know, behaviors of key stakeholders. We can use it to drive uh, proactive engagement. We can look to use it in ways to deliver uh, better business outcomes. And I think of it, you know, so that's really, it's giving us all this actionable intelligence today. And if you think about the way it used to happen in, in you look at what happened in the consumer products world, right? They could, they could, you know, consumer companies like a Nike could predict um, based on your past purchasing behaviors, what you were likely to purchase from them in the future. And then they would serve up, you know, uh, ads through into your smartphone and stuff on the kinds of things that they think based on your past purchasing behaviors would be of interest to you. Uh, We can do that now in issues management. We can look at uh, issues that companies have faced in different industries and say, you know, this is how stakeholders have reacted to these kinds of issues in the past. Uh, And we can start to aggregate that data over a period of time and we can predict what their behaviors are likely to be. I mean, we could go into Washington today, which is a fairly captive audience, and we could say, you know, that the Appropriations Committee is going to vote, you know, on on certain appropriations. And we can look at what's the past voting record of these folks on the Appropriations Committee. What's the what's their voting record in an election year? What's their voting record in a non-election year? What's their voting record in relationship to what they say publicly on um, CNN or, you know, another cable network versus the conversations that they might have, you know, behind closed doors. And you can start now based on having that kind of intelligence to predict how they're actually going to vote on a particular uh, piece of, a, uh, of an appropriations bill, for instance. So, I mean, that what, what we what happened you know, in the consumer world is now able to, we're able to apply it in a much more issues oriented, broader stakeholder um, world today. And I think that's a fundamental shift and a game changer in terms of, you know, being able to use data to understand what the likely actions of key stakeholders are going to be. I will say, I think this research is more than worth the time to read. We'll put a link to it in the show notes for anybody that wants to check it out. But I do want to ask you each, uh, just as a last question, based on what you learned through this study, uh, if you were a CCO in an organization, you know, facing these opportunities and challenges, uh, where would you start? Or I guess, what, what is your advice to a CCO who's who's reading this and deciding, how can I maximize the impact as in my organization as we're undertaking this transformation? I feel like um, if the role of, of communications is, is more important than it's perhaps ever been, that that's an opportunity. Um, and certainly, you know, for the CCOs that seize this opportunity, it's, it's you know, an opportunity for them to play a broader role in the future and success of their business than, than maybe they have in the past. Um, it's, of course, also, it's also uh, a challenge because it just means that much more pressure. So my advice to a CCO would be to make the most of this opportunity and to, to use it to your advantage. Um, and what that means in terms of, you know, your team and in terms of where you take the function um, is all potentially very good. It means that the function that you, you know, oversee, which maybe in the past would have been largely 
comprised of former journalists and people who were really good at writing and had some uh, other related skills might in the future be comprised of, you know, those types of people and data scientists or communications analytics professionals, um, you know, maybe even an entire comms tech function, um, any number of, of, of new areas, which I think is quite exciting. Um, and then, you know, you could similarly apply that to some of the other um, stakeholder focused part of your organization. I think, you know, the opportunity presented for CCOs um, to help enable transformation has never been greater. I think the opportunity presented to CCOs to elevate the corporate brand and, and as a result, have, you know, have an impact on the business has, has potentially never been greater. And so I think it's a really exciting time to be a CCO and um, I would encourage all CCOs to embrace it. This is an opportunity that we can't squander. It's an opportunity that we need to seize as communications leaders. And I think, you know, when I think about the modern communications function or organization, I think sometimes um, we get too caught up in organizational design. Uh, We get too caught up in reporting lines, uh, those sorts of things. And I think, you know, what I would say is that organizations and functions are, Uh, They're dynamic. They're like living organisms. They're always evolving. And so as communications leaders and as communications professionals, we got to constantly evolve ourselves. We got to look to how do we reinvent, you know, not only our own capabilities to add greater and greater value, but how do we continue to move the organization uh, forward to, you know, to become true value generators and, and value creators. And Frankly, um, 90% of that is a mindset. And I think with the uh, emergence of comms tech and data and actionable intelligence and all those things that we now have, uh, we're at a step change again. But the idea is, is that now, you know, the dialogue is multi-directional. Um, the idea is that it's, you know, you're using data to really inform y- your decisions um, and so that everything is not just based on instinct um, or oftentimes in a crisis, a knee-jerk reaction. Um, you're actually moving from just driving advocacy to using these tools to actually get people to take action that's favorable to your company, whether that's, you know, somebody deciding to invest and move their money across the street from a competitor to you or whether it's um, somebody deciding they want to come work for you and stay with you. Uh, and recommend your company uh, as a great place to work, whether or not somebody wants to to partner with you. And so we're, if you can move from advocacy to action, then that's when you become an indispensable partner to the business. You become a real business enabling function. And that's when you become you know a true value creator and generator. And I think that's the trajectory that the communications function Um, is on or can put itself on if it chooses to do so. Thank you so much for giving us some of your time and helping us talk through and think through the findings of your research. If you enjoyed today's episode of The New CCO, be sure to check out our latest episodes and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, leave us a rating and a review. We want to hear what you think so that we can keep making this podcast more interesting and valuable to you. To find out more about what's happening at PAGE, please visit us at page.org. Special thanks go to Rivet Smart Audio, our podcast sponsors. Without their support, we wouldn't be able to bring this podcast to you. 
Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time on the new CCO.